I just hit record. Can you stick that somewhere? So this is Amy Brundage, and so let's give her a hand, can we? Well, good morning. I'm thankful for the opportunity to be here, and I don't have. I have a lot of things that I that I have here um, to share, but I also want to take time for questions. So if you have questions, um, we can make time for that as well at the end. So can kind of see what questions you guys have and make sure we have plenty of time for that at the end. So first of all, um, I wanted to share a little bit how the Lord led me to Peru in the first place. So I've been there about 10 years, as Pastor Steve said. Um, since about 2010, I've been in the city of Lima, which is the capital city of Peru. Um, about a fourth of all of the population, a fourth to a third of the population of all of the people in Peru are contained in that one city. So it's a really big city. Um, as Steve and Angie know, Unionville is a really small town with no stoplights, really. It's just a blinking red light and a four-way stop. So for me to go from small town, rural USA to big city Lima is definitely a God thing because I guess I wasn't really a city girl or wanted to be a city girl. So I know it's definitely the Lord placing me in a, in a place that's out of my comfort zone, actually. Um, I love it there, but it still is out of my comfort zone and probably always will be. Uh, so... Yeah, been there for 10 years. How did I end up there? Well, the only thing that I remember really growing up and thinking about missions were a few of the missionaries that would come to my church. One of them in particular, one family, was um, my dad's first cousin, Stan Templeton, and his family. Um, I remember our church supported them, and we would pray for them every evening at supper, pray pray for Stan and Marilyn Templeton. But I don't remember anything super specific about what they would share when they would come to the church or really the Lord working in my heart through that. Um, The only thing I remember when I was in high school was, um, I think it must have been high school, maybe junior high, I I played the piano. So I remember playing a song and it had something to do with missions or, you know, sharing, sharing Jesus with other people. And I remember asking my dad, how do you know for sure, like if, if you're supposed to be a missionary? I remember somehow I formed that question and that he said, um, just keep doing what you know is right and the Lord will lead you in time. Like, okay. Um, I don't, that's all I remember really thinking about it. Um, so my sophomore year as, um, a college student, I went to a Bible college in Watertown, Wisconsin. Um, it was a university, but also, um, every student had to get a Bible minor. So we had missions conference every year and it was my sophomore year, I believe October. And, uh, the Lord was working in my heart again about missions or well, really for the first time in a big way. And I remember talking to one of the the missionary wives there just like before supper or something. And I caught her and I said, I'm really, you know, thinking about this missions thing, but I don't know for sure, you know, how do you know you're called? You know, use the word, are you called to be a missionary? Or how do you know um, that this is what, if, you know, if that's really what God has for me, how do I know? 
And she said, just keep, keep getting closer to God. She said, um, the closer you get to God, the clearer his voice will become. And it really was somewhat close to what my dad told me back in high school. And so it's not like they were saying, you know, just wait for this big message from God. Or, you know, it was like, you just need to keep doing what you're supposed to be doing and doing what's right. And um, the Lord will make it clear along, um, along the journey. So... I remember I was um, majoring in math education at the time, and I was thinking, oh, I'm really thinking about doing missions. Do I need to change my major? And just praying and really seeking God's will. And I remember um, I was involved in an evangelistic ministry at the time. Every Friday we'd go to Madison, um, close to the, the university there, and we'd witness to people and it was a very life-changing experience there. And I remember just staying faithful to that and really trying to get into the Word and, and seek God's will. Um, and because the Lord was working in my heart about missions, I said, I really need to go and go somewhere and see, you know, see a missionary on the field. So I actually went to Peru, which is where my dad's first cousin, Stan, was a missionary at the time, he still is, in Trujillo, Peru. So that was the step that the Lord led me on. Like it, it was, kind of, it was a God thing because a church from one of my friends' churches, they were going, they supported Stan and his. Well, at that time, it was just Stan. His wife had died a few years back from that time, but they were going to help out Stan, and so they invited me to go because they knew I was family. So I don't even know if they knew I was thinking about missions or they were just like, "Oh, this is family." and this is my friend. You should come to Peru with us. And I was like, that'd be awesome. So I went in January of 2000, get my years right, in 2007. And not long after that, um, well, really during that time, a program opened up. I found out through my, another friend at my college that you could go to Peru and live with a uh, Peruvian family for 11 months. And it was basically a student missionary program. And so um, you could take module courses. So it was like a two-week um, college course. And you did that for the first few months while you were learning Spanish. And you, like... I think it was about a, a minor that you would get in Spanish, maybe not quite. And then after that, you would go visit different parts of Peru and do missionary work with as much of the language as you knew, <laughs> you know, as much as we could do. So I was like, that sounds awesome. And what better way to see if this is really what God has for me? So um, that was the next step I took. And that was in um, May of 2007 after, I, after my junior year there of college and so it was really just a, a parenthesis during my college years I got college credit but really not for math education um, you know Bible courses and biology because we went to the jungle and got our biology class so it was that was the next step I had um, it didn't make sense to like my academic leader he was like I don't know if you really should do this <laughs> because it doesn't really fit with your program you're not a missions major I was like I know this is what God wants me to do and that was the next step. Um, so then I came back from Peru, and a lot happened that year. I, the Lord took me through some two major trials, really, in my life that um, that uh, that drew me closer to the Lord. And He also worked in my heart about about missions and about just being open to being in full time ministry, if that's what He had. So. 
um, I went back to college and finished my senior year in student teaching, but during that time, a couple named Alan and Diane Fry came to my college and said, we need a math teacher for our missionary school. And um, the, the lady who's been teaching math for like 20 years, <laughs> she's going to be going back to the States, and uh, she... Uh, needs to take care of her mom and so we're going to need a math teacher we know you've been in Peru and have a heart for ministry and we're wondering if you would like to come back and I was like I've been praying about what the Lord would have me to do and and I would love to come back to Peru so um, the Lord opened that door and that was the next step and so um, that was after I finished my student teaching in December of 2009. Then I left in February of 2010 um, to go to Peru and have been there really ever since. I was back for a year, and that's when I first met you guys and came to the, well, some of you, whoever was here back in 2014, 15, and was raising support to be able to continue um, to serve there. And so I guess the verse that I a lot of times go to when people say or you know how do you know if you're called or how do you know if you're supposed to go and I said a man's heart deviseth his way but the Lord directeth his steps mm-hmm. and that's Proverbs 69 and really the way the Lord has directed in my life is in small steps and um, just obeying that next step that the Lord has for me and I think that's for all of us isn't it you know we're actually all missionaries in some way and this is kind of some thoughts I wanted to share um, that I'd shared recently when um, a missionary lady was asking some of us of single girls, I guess. I think she was speaking to a group of, of college girls who said, can you just like give me some ideas here? And so um, I had recently been thinking of this. One quote um, that I read in a book fairly recently says, sometimes young people seem fearful about going into missionary work or I would add full-time Christian service, lest it should be contrary to the will of God. You know, is this the will of God that I um, go into full-time service? Then they enter into any kind of profession they themselves choose. It would that there is more danger of getting out of the will of God by entering into secular work than spiritual service. For the Bible not only authorizes us to go and preach the gospel, but commands us to do so. And you guys know in Matthew where Jesus said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. So go ye therefore as you're going, make disciples. So we have that command. So I was thinking about that. You know, is that true? Is that quote true? It's not a Bible verse. You know, that was a quote. But in one way... um, we can't all be goers, right? We can't all be those who go overseas and what we call missionaries, or as you have from sent from your church a missionary within the U.S., right? Are we all supposed to be goers, or are we some some goers and some senders? You know, and it's good that we're in this theme, and you showed your your missionaries there, and you guys would be thought of uh, the senders, right, and them as the goers. But I guess my brain goes into like logical ways okay so is that really how it is I teach math so I don't know it's just my brain has to go down all of these paths but I was thinking we're actually all goers and all senders in one sense right Um, going and that wherever we go wherever the Lord has planted us and wherever we find ourselves we need to be sharing Christ and you know missionary you said meant sent one right so we're all we're all sent 
to be missionaries and to share Christ and to give the gospel. We all have that command. So you guys, as you're in your, if it, if we call secular work, really any secular work can be spiritual work <laughs> because it's how, it's my perspective on it, right? So if I am, you know, in this secular job, my, my brother, I'll use him for an example. He um, has an appliance business and he fixes appliances, but he counts it a ministry. So when people come into his business, he wants to share Christ's love with them. You know, whether that be actually sharing a gospel tract or witnessing to them or just sharing God's love, you know, sharing something from God's word. So he's, he's a sent one. He's going, but he's, you know, he has a secular job. So in one way he's going. Um, not just um, a sender, even though he's here in the States. And that's you guys as well. And I was thinking, for me, um, since I've been in Peru a while, and it's kind of, uh, like, it's kind of become home for me there as well. Um, When I come here to the States, I say I'm coming home. But when I go back to Peru, I say I'm going home. So whatever, they're both home. Um, Yeah. So when I'm there, though, I, I think of these Peru, there's Peruvian missionaries that go into places maybe where I wouldn't be able to go as a single, like in these little corners in the mountains or in the jungle. Um, and so the Lord put it on my heart to support one of these Peruvian families that's in uh, the mountains of Cusco. And so in one way, I'm like... Okay, I'm sent. I'm a goer, but I'm also a sender. Like, I need to have a heart for others who are going places where I can't go. So I don't know if you guys see where I'm going with that. Like, we're all just partnering together in the Great Commission. And um, it's a beautiful thing to the body of Christ and how the Lord... um, how the Lord's plan is carried out. And so one's not greater than another. One doesn't have more spiritual work than another. That's how I see it. Um... And I wanted to share that because I guess maybe growing up I didn't think about it that way. That's why it was such a like a magical, mysterious thing. How do you know if you're supposed to be a missionary? <laughs> um, but I, I don't see it that way really anymore. So, um, <clears throat> um, so I have shared that I'm teaching at a school for missionary kids. When I first went in 2010, um, we had about 40 kids and. We've kept up about that number through the years. Um, Just recently, so this past year, we're down to 20 kids, which is pretty small. And at one time, um, the the leader of the school, Alan Fry, he said, if we ever get below 20, um, I don't know if we can keep up the school. So I will share this with you guys, and I'll be sharing it in the, the main service as well. But right now, um, we're planning on actually closing down the school. So in November of last year, we had a we had a school board meeting and with one of the the leaders from our mission board. And after a lot of prayer, especially from Alan and Diane, like for the past year, they've been praying about this and considering this, that the decision was made to plan to close um, Fetzer Christian Academy, which is the name of the school where I teach. So, again, I'm looking at, okay, Lord, what will be the next step you have for me? Um, So, we still have a year and a half left is what what we hope for our school. Um, So, June of 2021 is when uh, it looks like that we'll have to close the school down. Big reason is students, um, lack of students. It's not that families are leaving 
the school for any negative reasons, but there are a lot of families leaving the field, um, going on to other ministries. Right now, um, there's no uh, prospect families or younger siblings in the works, I guess. Um, Another reason is Alan and Diane are retiring, and he is, I mean, he's that's the couple that keeps the school going for now. I mean, he's the administrator, which of a small school is not, you know, people would say, do you need an administrator really? Well, we need a leader, and he also teaches full-time. And um, so, and the Fries, they were back on furlough last year, and they looked for teachers and went to all these different Christian colleges and all their churches and really had no one sign up as even hardly interested in teaching. I don't know if it's just less missionaries going to the field or um, people want, oh, why would I teach missionary kids? If I'm going to the field, I want to teach nationals, you know? I don't know if it's like a lack of excitement for that or or uh, if this is what if this is what the Lord has, you know, if he has another plan for this property of the school, maybe a Christian university. There's a missionary that has talked about opening up a Christian university or another ministry. We really want the school property to be used as a ministry place. So, um, yeah, by 2021... We'll probably know, you know, what will be happening with the property, but also that affects, you know, a lot of us. So where does the Lord have me? I'm not for sure after that. Um, Where will the Lord have, there's another single girl my age that's been there a little less than me, but you know, she's not, she's not sure where she's going after this. And then also the missionary families deciding um, the schooling for their children. So a lot of them are thinking homeschooling. Um, It is a unique thing that we have. It's not a boarding school. You've heard of boarding schools, maybe where the kids live there and and study there, but their parents bring them in. And And it's an American school within the country of Peru, which means when they graduate, you know, they have, they can go and study college within the U.S., which is what the majority of them desire to do. So if you study in an approving school, it's a little bit tricky with that. So they really like the uniqueness of our school, and it's conservative. It's... Um, it's ministry-minded, you know, it's biblical, biblically-based. Um, the doctrine, you know, goes along with what, um, what these families believe. So when we had the meeting, there was a lot of tears. Um, it's not, it wasn't an easy decision, but I guess that's a, a big prayer request for, for Alan and Diane, that they would be open to, like, it's mainly their decision, but if they would be open to... Um, I don't know, a different route that the school would take, you know, opening up to, to, to more people. That would just totally change, I guess, the focus of the school, really. So there's a lot to be considered. But then also for these missionary families involved and then for us missionaries that where that's our main ministry, where would the Lord um, take us from there? So um, I wanted to share that. Um, also, I mean, I... I pray that the Lord will allow me to stay in Peru. I want to have a specific ministry that the Lord, you know, has put me in there and not just be there because I want to be there or because I've been there for, you know, 10 years or will it be 11 and a half years by then? 
um, one of the ministries is a radio ministry, which did I hear you mention a radio ministry in India yeah. as well? Okay. So, um, my, I call him my uncle. He's my cousin, but my uncle Stan has started a radio ministry in different cities in Peru. And right now he's in Lima, which is where I'm at. And there's a lot of needs with the radio ministry. And one of them that the Lord's allowed me to be a part of is the counseling ministry. So that's been really stretching this past year. And it's a need that they needed to fill. It's a need that they had. Um, So basically these young girls will, young ladies or I shouldn't say just young ladies of any age um, will call into the radio office and they'll have questions or they'll just want to talk to somebody, you know, about what's going on in their life. And so on Tuesdays and Thursdays afternoons, I've made myself available and um, they'll make an appointment and then call me and I'll go in and have um, a counseling counseling meeting with um, these ladies. And I won't know what they're coming in about, you know, but some of them are not saved and some of them need, need to hear the gospel. We all need to hear the gospel saved or unsaved, but, um, some of them have just doctrinal questions. Some of them just relationship things and just, there's a single mom and I'll show her picture there. What, um, she just has a lot of things from her past that she needs to talk through and and needs hope from God's word and so it's been a a very stretching thing for me but it's amazing to see the sufficiency of God's word and that I don't have to go in there thinking I need to come up with these wise answers you know but I have God's word that I can go to and help these ladies out and it's really it's a very humbling thing for me to see God work through his word and just be able to be an instrument and be like, here's the hope, you know, I don't have something to give you, but God does. And, um, it's, that's been a wonderful thing. So I don't know if the Lord will have me more full time involved with that. Um, after, after my time at the missionary school or if, um, or if he has something else for me or another teaching opportunity somewhere or wants to move me away from Peru. I don't know, but I am willing to follow him the next step. And, um, yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to share there. I will be sharing some pictures and um, a video in the main service, but I wanted to see if you guys had any questions about the ministry there, about culture there, about um, anything. So... Uh, did anybody have any questions? Yeah. I, I was wondering, I know a lot of South America, Latin countries are mostly Catholic. Yeah. Is that kind of the climate down there? Definitely, okay. yeah. So I don't know the percentage now that would call themselves Catholic. Um, so if you go into a public school there, you'll see um, pretty much every, well, not even just the public schools, but I mean, if it's a non it's, if it's not a Christian school, like we believe, but even Catholic schools or public schools will have their saints there. You know, um, it's just a very common thing for them to have um, Catholic class just as part of the public school curriculum. And so they're teaching them the Bible, but not the gospel. And so like when we have Bible club, like on Saturday, I have we have a Bible club ministry and all the kids will know that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. I mean, they can repeat that. They'll even know basic Bible stories and they'll know all of these details, but there's nothing 
like there's not a real relationship with Christ yeah. and so it's 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 very dark even though it's they're confused with that you know so they know more than I would say even the kids here right so in one way it's a positive thing because we've been able to get into the schools because they're more open to for religious things you know so we can go into a classroom of a lot of schools and do like there's been American teams that come and they do like a skit like a mime and then one of the Peruvians will share the gospel and this is just like in the public school you know because they are not closed to what they would call religious yeah. religion, you know. So, yeah. So you you're saying that uh, they, it's like an 11 month thing for missionaries to come over and live with a Peruvian family. Uh huh. And learn Spanish. Yeah. So this is it's called the Ariba program. It's through Baptist Midmissions, which is the mission board I'm with. And I don't know how much longer they're going to offer that program, but um, it's been around for for a number of years. And um, so basically, you you know raise support, or if you have the money yourself, to have money for those 11 months, and you pay the proving family to live with them. You pay your Spanish tutor, and you pay for these college classes. And so for the first, let's see, um, maybe five months, you take. Um, college classes while you take Spanish classes and live with your proving family. So you're you're really learning a lot as you live with the family because you're forced to speak the language. Um, so it is a an immersion experience. So they don't speak English. Then? They don't speak English. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. And I really didn't know that I was entering into such a valuable program when I went. It was just like. The Lord, you know, my friend had gone, and it seemed like a really good thing to do. <laughs> it seemed, but then when I went in 2010, I knew the language, so it's not like you don't have to go through language school and all of that. You just like you get on the field and you're right to work, you know, because you know the language. you would say. What was the what? The average amount of money you would say. Oh, the, that you would spend on that program. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember at all, actually. I just remember the Lord testing my faith to provide for that money. And then I was, I was, yeah, amazed when he did. So I don't really remember, to tell you the truth. But, yeah, it is considerable because we went to Cusco. We went to the jungle. We went to and visited all of these churches in these areas. So you, you really got to see the country of Peru as well for the last half of the I can try to find that number if if you have somebody that would be interested or so. <clears throat> Amy, tell us yeah. uh, just kind of what your daily schedule is for a typical yeah. week for you. Yeah, so this past semester has been a little different because I've been teaching only up until noon at the school. So... Um, the school day starts at 8. We, be, we have to be in our classroom at 8, and the kids come, and we start class at 8.25. So about 8 a.m., I'm at the school there until about noon. My last class, I, I teach 
wait, one, two, yeah. I teach three class periods, but four classes. So we're so small that like for second hour, I teach algebra one and algebra two. So the first half I'll teach algebra one while algebra two works on their assignment. You can picture that. And then the last half of the class I teach algebra two. So that keeps me on my toes, but that's what I've been doing through these years is teaching that. And then I teach junior high Bible class, which I love. And then um, seventh grade math. So I've taught math and Bible. So I'm done by um, then half an hour to maybe grade some papers, you know, finish up things in the classroom. Um, and so then by noon, I'm done. I'll have lunch. And then on Mondays, I'll have a little bit of time in there, which I usually, this past semester, like I said, it's been different. This past semester, I was taking two seminary courses, um, counseling courses. So I would work on my seminary class, and then I would play piano for the school choir. So that was my Mondays, and then teach a piano lesson. Um, there on Mondays. Tuesdays and Thursdays were really full because that's when I would go to the radio office for counseling. And so I wasn't back till late evening. Um, the traffic is really heavy. So a lot of my day, I, a lot of my evening and afternoon, I felt like I was on the bus because it's a long, it's not really a long ways. It just seems like a long ways when you're stuck in traffic. So that was Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then Wednesdays, the evening was um, Wednesday night service at my church in addition to piano lessons and just Monday through Friday is the school day, you know, so till noon. Um, and then on Fridays is random. Like sometimes we'll have missionary, like the missionaries will get together once, um, once a month on Fridays and we'll have that to gathering. Um, other times, you know, girls from the church or a Bible study. Um, also once a week I've been meeting and doing a discipleship Bible study, um, with a young lady. I'll try to keep one discipleship Discipleship up um, each, or at least one lady at a time. And so right now I have one going on Wednesdays. And then Saturdays right now, I've been involved in a Bible club ministry. So I don't know if I'm going to continue on with that. It's not through my local church, but there's several of us that help this local church that has done this Bible club ministry, which is a big way that a lot of churches are started there. They'll go into an area, you know, meet the kids, and they'll they'll come and hear the word, and some kids will be saved. Then you'll meet their parents. And um, it's kind of in the beginning stages right now where we've met some of their parents. We don't have Bible studies started with the adults yet there, but that's the goal. I don't know if the Lord will have me um, involved with that uh, ministry in the future, but at least that's what I'm a part of now on Saturdays, and I love that. It's a very, it's a very good. Uh, organized way that I can share the gospel because, you know, Monday through Friday, a big chunk of my day is spent in the classroom teaching math, you know, and I I really love it. I do, but um, I love to be out of the school as well. And so that's one of the reasons that I've only been teaching part-time is so that gives me more time for um, being out of the school. Not that I don't love it, but you can be in your little bubble sometimes, you know, because I live at the school (laughs) also. Um, And, um, of course, if anybody's a teacher, you know, you have to prepare for your lessons for the next day and grade papers. And I'm also help with the financial part of the school and secretarial things. So there's there's always something to do, you know. So Saturdays, I really enjoy um, just being with approving people and and being able to share the gospel 
Um, so I'm really thankful for that. And of course, Sunday is is church. So at my church, we actually don't have Sunday morning services because we rent a place where we can't do it on Sunday morning. So we'll have Sunday school and everything in the afternoon and evening. Um, so that's um, Sunday. And then I have ministries that I'm helping with there at the church. So uh yeah, that's kind of a typical week there. So it just depends on the evening how busy it is. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll try to have like a teacher supper one um, a couple times a month as well. You know, like organized rest, you know, and fellowship. Because otherwise we're all in our different ministries and it's like we teach and live together, but we don't talk, you know. I don't know if you've ever been in that kind of busyness. You have to kind of schedule your rest. So, yeah. So, so does the school have any um, like intentional outreach to the Peruvian community um, where you teach? Well, the actual not an organized ministry. We'll have different activities. Like, for example, for Christmas, we went out and we put together little bags, uh, like Christmas bags with goodies and then with tracks. And we, with the kids, went and handed those out. Um, <clears throat> But as a school, we haven't done a lot of that. Like, maybe twice a year we'll do that. But sometimes, like for my Bible class, sometimes we'll do things together. um, Or we'll have projects where they go out and do it, and then they'll come back and share. But they're pretty heavily involved with their parents' ministry. So a big thing, I think, for them, at least I, I try to do this, like to have them to share what ministry they're doing. Like these MKs, these missionary kids, you know, what are you involved with? What can we pray for for your parents' ministry? So they feel like they're a part of it, you know? And it's kind of like a little haven for them, the school where we can speak English, they can speak English, they have friends that are also missionary kids, and we can pray together and um, about these different ministries. So that's kind of how that's been more, more like a spiritual encouragement for them while they're there at school, like a (laughs) energize their battery. Because I have thought about that before too. Um, Should we do more outreach? But they're involved in a lot of that outside the school. The kids are all yeah. Right. yeah. Is what I've seen. So, yeah. So, I was thinking like a lot of the missionaries would be just like single people, but families actually go. Yes. To some of the missionaries. Yep. Right? Yep. So, we, right now we have 10 missionary families that are there. They're not all American families. We have a Korean family. We did have a German family. Well, dad was German. <laughs> Mom was American. We had, um, right now we have a Dutch family. So all of these are missionary families that are there serving as missionaries in Peru with their children. And so these wow. these kids need a place to go to school the, if they don't homeschool. <laughs> do the missionaries need like degrees and stuff like that? Or is it just... The ones, of, those of us who teach there, you mean, at the school? Yeah. Or... Yeah, so those of us who teach at this school all are um, teachers that have degrees mm-hmm, in in education. So, yeah. There's only like six of us. So it's a really small school, too. Yeah, not counting the Spanish teacher. <laughs> Seven of us, I guess. So do yeah. you know what kind of work those missionaries do? 
like you say, the kids are there and they're involved. And yeah. What, what does missionary work look like in Korea? Yeah. Well, all kinds of things, actually. So I mentioned my uncle with the radio ministry that he has. He's also a church planner as well, you know, along with that. We have um, two families, actually, that have children's homes, so that they have orphanages. Um, one family, it's actually the Dutch family, they have a ministry, um, excuse me, they have a ministry that has, uh, I don't remember the name of it and like how to translate it, but it's for ladies that need help. Like, so they will teach them how to do trades, like how to do art things or make bracelets. And so these are a lot of times single moms that need an extra income. And so they'll have Bible study with them and then they'll come and do their work and then have a place to sell it from. That was a very unique ministry. Yeah. That at least the, the mom does with, with those ladies. Um, Let's see. We have one, the Korean family. He teaches in a Christian university there, actually. And um, a previous Korean family, they were church planners there, you know. Um, so we have a lot of church planning missionaries. One of them, they're church planners, and as well, they started a Peruvian Christian school. So kind of the same thing as our school, but for Peruvians. Um, let me think. One has like um, a literature. They, I don't know if they translate literature into, you know, like devotionals for the Peruvians, discipleships. Um, so like translation and literature. So a lot of different, um, a lot of different areas there. Those are the ones that come to mind. Yeah. So. Have you ever felt unsafe? That's really courageous for a young well, <laughs> yes, there have been times things that, oh, I better not tell that one to mom or something, you know, like she, she has a hard enough time with me being there. <clears throat> but um, there is like, I feel like the bus system or just the traveling, I don't have a car, which I may be getting my license this year, which is kind of a big step because the driving there is crazy. And I'm just not the most aggressive driver that there is and you have to bus everywhere you go bus or a taxi okay. it's so much more expensive to take a taxi so i really don't do a taxi unless i have to you know but you can get there so much faster <laughs> like <laughs> a taxi. Or things is that something you so would? right now i can walk to a grocery store and i have like this pulley thing where i can put the groceries in there and just pull it um the market's close by where i can take a bus there or i can walk there and then take a bus back um, and just for me, I don't have to have a lot of things, you know, so, but I do remember this was actually fairly recently and it was on a Sunday night after church and I was coming back by myself that particular time. And, uh, like I was trying to get a different bus route cause it's, it's kind of a, a little ways from my house. Anyway, it's hard to explain, but long and short of it is I got on this bus that I was trying to get to another place for a bus stop. And, and the guy was like, yeah, you can just get off here and whatever I got off. And I realized like before, like I could get back on the bus or knew what happened. I'm like, this is not a safe place at all because it was dark. It was night. And then I had to go along this like little, this windy bridge thing, you know? And so I was just praying the whole time that easily someone could attack me there. You know, there's, there's not a lot of people around there and it's at night and stuff. So the Lord protects. I try not to put myself in places like that. <laughs> I really do. I'm not like, Oh, I can just go wherever and the Lord will protect me. The Lord will protect, but have to use my head. So anyway, that just kind of, that was scary for me, but, um, 
Yeah. So, oh, the Lord is definitely our provider and our protector. So, yeah. Does anybody else have any questions? I guess it's about 10 after, Pastor Steve. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Stop. I think you got to do this, I think.